Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Open your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 5. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Revelation chapter 1. Verse 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, Unto him that loved us. Aren't you glad that he loves you? And washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The blood of Jesus has washed away all of our sins. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. We're going to look at what the blood has done in our lives because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, faith in the blood, so I can give you some action steps when you go home. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. Anybody glad God is faithful in fickle times? So one of the things you see, one of the many things you see about this passage the blood has done, it has given us boldness to enter into the presence of God. That we don't come to God because we did right this week. We didn't come to God because we were righteous in our own efforts. We can come to God boldly because of the blood of Jesus. And because we have the blood of Jesus, we come without fear. So, oh, wait a minute. What if God doesn't like what I did yesterday? No. The blood is greater. The blood gave us boldness to come to God. The blood has washed away all of our sins. Now go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. So the blood has washed away our sins. It's given us boldness to come to God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed. Say, I'm redeemed. Redeemed simply means to be bought back. So if you are bought back, there's someone he had to buy you from. And he purchased you back from the kingdom of darkness. So you have to understand salvation, the word redemption, paints the picture of mankind sold into the slave market of sin when Adam sinned. When Adam and Eve sinned, mankind entered into the slave market of sin. But when Jesus came, he opened the door. And so when he says he redeemed us, he bought us back from the kingdom of darkness. 
You were not redeemed or bought back with corruptible things such as silver and gold from the vain lifestyle or conversation received from the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in who? God. So notice what the blood of Jesus did. It bought you back from the slave market of sin. It bought you back from the kingdom of darkness. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We are redeemed from the kingdom of darkness. We are, were delivered from the power of darkness because of the blood of Jesus. Colossians 1, 12 and 13 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us able to be partakers to the, of the inheritance of the saints in the light, who has delivered us from the power of the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. We have been delivered from the authority of darkness because of the blood of Jesus. Because you've been delivered from the authority of darkness, Satan can't make you do anything. So you can't say, well, Satan made me do it. No, then get saved. He cannot make you do anything. He has no authority over you because of the blood of Jesus. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You are the redeemer of the Lord, so you must talk about it. It's not just enough to believe it in your heart. You must say it with your mouth. Say, I am, I am. redeemed. Now let's go back to Revelation. Let's look at chapter 12 this time. We are redeemed from the kingdom of darkness. Our sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Whatever you're redeemed from, you have to talk about it. Galatians says we are redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is summed up as poverty, sickness, and death. The curse of the law has nothing to do with you. You say, Pastor, you don't know how many times I've sinned, how many times I've broken the law. You're not judged by the law. We're under a new covenant. That curse has nothing to do with you if your faith is in Jesus. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with them. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him, who? The devil, his army, his side. By what? And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They overcame by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus gives us victory over the kingdom of darkness. Now go to Isaiah 53. What I'm doing, taking time to build your faith in what the blood has done for you. The blood of Jesus has delivered you from the kingdom of darkness. It has given you victory over the kingdom of darkness. So whatever Satan's behind, you can beat because of the blood. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Those words mean pain, 
mental pain, as well as sickness and disease. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The stripes of Jesus. When he was beaten 39 times with a cat of nine tails, the death sentence was 40 times. And those cat of nine tails, that's a whip that has nine different lashes. On each lashes were bone, rock, jagged metal, glass. So every time it hit him, it would yank out his flesh and he would bleed more. His back went through that so that you could be healed. And you know what's something interesting? I won't give you the verse for it today, but Deuteronomy 28, you can read it when you get home. That at the end of Deuteronomy 28, it says that any sickness or disease not written in this book is part of the curse of the law. And that is great news. Some of you are like, how is that great news that stuff that's not written in the book is part of the curse? I just told you that curse has nothing to do with you. So if you want to, when you go home, you can take out your Bible. If you have, actually have a Bible, you can write in, and you can put Corona. It's under the curse of the law. And you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Whatever you can name, whether it's man-made, demonic-made, or something from a bat, it's under the curse of the law. It doesn't have to do with you. But you have to talk like that. You can't repeat everything everyone says. You say, well, pastor, it may spread through Georgia. It might. It might. But not my house. <laughs> well, pastor, they said, yes, I know what they said. Yes, we've taken precautions. Yes, we probably have more water and toilet paper than we need. <laughs> but it's not allowed in our house. What if everything shuts down? Still, it's not allowed in my house. You have to talk like that. You have to get your kids to talk like that. Because you're going to tell them something, they're not going to school. You tell them, well, baby, I'm scared you can get sick. Then they're going to be scared they can get sick. No, they say, well, we're going to take this time, and you develop a game plan. You develop what you're going to do from home while they can still learn, while they can still grow. But you say, while you're at home, just know that your faith doesn't get stronger. That you're not giving in to the fear of the world. We actually believe that God can deliver us in times like these. Because in times like these, it comes down to, do you believe or don't you believe? It's cute to have a belief system. But it's real when it gets tested. It's cute to say we are faith. But it's different when you actually stand up and say, no, not allowed in my house. Go to Romans chapter 3. The shedding of his blood purchased healing for us. I know this broadcast will be reshared, and there might be someone watching wherever you are in the world, and you're dealing with coronavirus. This is your answer. While you're under quarantine, you need to say every day, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, one of the things about faith in the blood, it does not dismiss common sense. It does not dismiss washing your hands. Please don't be nasty. Wash your hands. 
It does not dismiss you taking your vitamins and your supplement to any medication. These things are not mutually exclusive. I believe God wants me well, so I'm going to eat right. I believe God wants me well, so I'm going to drink my spinach, apple, ginger smoothie that I had on the way in. I believe God wants me well, so I'm going to take the vitamins that I took today. Come on. One of the things we have to understand that, okay, cool, some of you did a lot of bin shopping. Cool. But don't eat all the sweet things you bought in one day. And now you got to use your faith because you killed your immune system because all the white sugar you ate. Amen. Wisdom and faith. You know, I saw someone share, it's like, man, I did all the stocking up and I ate all my food in two days. <laughs> Romans chapter 3, verse 23. <laughs> For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But being justified freely by his grace through the redemption, we've been bought back, that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or an atoning sacrifice, or he took our place through what? Faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Now, the word remission means the cancellation of a debt charge or penalty it is the forgiveness of sins we must have faith in the blood of jesus and all that is done for us let's go to hebrews chapter 11 hebrews chapter 11 verse 28 we know hebrews chapter 11 is a faith hall of fame Notice what it says about Moses. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Now go to Exodus chapter 12. Let's see what he's talking about. Exodus chapter 12. Some of us are familiar with the story of Exodus. Wrath was fallen on the Egyptian empire. Judgment was falling. And the last judgment was coming. See, one of the things you understand before you even get to the last judgment, all the other judgments could not touch the people of God. Why? They live in a place called Goshen. It says when the rest of Egypt was dark, Goshen had light. So one of the things you need to declare over your house when you go home today this is Goshen. That no matter what happens all around, you live in Goshen. And so while this last judgment is falling, God gives Moses specific instructions. And he tells the congregation that they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. So they eat the Passover lamb, and they take the blood of the Passover lamb and they put it on the side of the door and on the top of the door. Now, I'm not telling you to go home, find a lamb, and put blood on your doorpost. No, do, don't, don't. <laughs> but notice this is a foreshadowing of what you can do 
with the blood of Jesus and your faith. So how do you plead the blood or you put the blood on doorposts these days? With the words of your mouth. So as you're going home today, and some of you are already at home, you need to say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my house. Whatever is going on in the world must pass over my house. This has to come out of your mouth. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. If you want the blood to work, you got to talk about it. You need to plead the blood. One of the things I do over my children on a regular basis, they may be falling asleep in my arms. I put my hands on I plead the blood of Jesus over you. You plead the blood of Jesus over your family, over your kids, over your house. The blood is still stronger than viruses. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of this truth because we take too much time to listen to the bad news. I'm not saying that's not going on in the world. I'm not denying the facts that it's spreading. But sometimes you got to pause the bad news and get into the good news. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go back to Hebrews 11. Verse 31. And so we know how that story went. Death had to pass over wherever the blood was applied. Hebrews 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. So go back to Joshua chapter 2. Let's look at this story. Now, Rahab wasn't part of the people of God. She was a Canaanite. She was a Jerichoan. She did not have the promises of God. But she heard about what God did in Egypt. She heard about how God delivered his people in Egypt. She heard how God took care of his people in the wilderness. And because she heard all these things, she believed. Now, this lets you know that if she heard it, everybody else and I said he heard it too. But she's the only one who made a decision to have faith. She's the only one who made the decision to believe. And she believed because when the spies came, now the thing is, her lifestyle was still a mess. The Bible says it clearly. She was a prostitute. She had a whole business operating. So I don't recommend her lifestyle. Where I recommend is her faith. Because her lifestyle did change after this. But she had a moment to believe. And she told these spies, I'm hiding you because I know God has given you the land. She believed more than the 12, original 12 spies. Those other 10 didn't believe. She believed. And she says, when you come into the land, I need you to protect me and my family. So here's the idea they came up with. Verse 18, behold, when we come into the land, you shall bind this line of scarlet thread and the window that you're going to let us down by. And you shall bring your father, your mother, your brethren, your father's household home unto you. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of these doors of your house in the street, his blood shall be on his head, and we shall be guiltless. Whosoever shall be with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if you utter this our business, then we shall be quit of our oath. You have made us to swear. And she said, according to your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. What is the scarlet thread? 
a foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus and her faith in what God would do. So she tied the scarlet thread, delivered the spies down the window. And we know the story of Jericho when they marched around the wall every day. And then on the seventh day, seven times, and the walls fell. But what is so interesting is Rahab's house was in the wall. So that meant all the wall fell except her house. He said that defies physics. How can her house stand and everything else falls? Faith in the blood. That it should make sense that your house should go down, but faith in the blood kept it up. And so the thing is, faith in the blood not only delivered Rahab and everybody who was in her house. So whoever happened to be there that day, all her family says, hey, you're coming over. Just stay here. Why? Just stay here. Let's go outside. What's going on? No, no. Don't, don't look out those windows. You stay right here. Whoever was in there was delivered. But what makes it so much interesting when we know this is faith in the blood of Jesus foreshadowed? It took Rahab out of that lifestyle. And then he said, well, cool, she got delivered. And then she married an Israelite. Cool, but no, no, no. She didn't marry any Israelite. She married one with money who was a prince among his people. But then you start looking at their descendants. You know, they have a descendants, you know, that you, you look at, you know, the kids that start coming. It's like, oh, cool. She's got a family line. That's cool. Well, no, just, just keep watching a little bit. Because in her descendants is a dude named Boaz. And we heard about him. We heard about how when there was a famine, he had more than enough, and he married a Moabitess by the name of Ruth. You know, they got a kid. You know, there's, there's Obed. It's okay, cool. We don't know Obed. There's Jesse, oh, cool name. But then Jesse got a kid named David. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Faith in the blood of Jesus foreshadowed, took her out of a lifestyle, preserved her house, and put her in the lineage of kings. But it did not stop there. She's the ancestress of Jesus Christ because faith and the blood of Jesus. Faith of the blood of Jesus doesn't just get you out of something, it gets you into something. It gets you into the lineage of kings. Faith in the blood of Jesus for you has gotten you out of whatever lifestyle you're in and made you the seed of Abraham. It's what made you redeemed from the curse of the law. It's redeemed you from sickness and disease. It's redeemed you from the power of darkness. It's redeemed you from every demon, every devil, every virus, all hell has because of faith in the blood of Jesus. It's not your efforts. It's not your righteousness. It's not your good works. It's because Jesus did everything right. And we dare to believe he is a propitiation. He is our atoning sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God sent to take away the sins of the world. Faith and that blood makes the difference. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Faith. In the blood of Jesus. It's the blood. Oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. It has cleansed us so well. It has delivered us so well. Hallelujah. First Corinthians six nineteen. What? 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, who you have of God, and you're not your own? For you are bought with a price. Whoa, whoa, what was that price? The blood of Jesus. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I've been bought with a price, and because of that price, the blood cleansed me, right? Which made me a suitable home for God. The blood did such a good job in your life and made a suitable home for God to move on the inside. Because in the Old Testament, God would deal with people, but he never moved on the inside. He would rest upon them. But because of the blood of Jesus and your faith in blood, God moved on the inside of you. Go to Colossians chapter 1. And I'll bring this so close. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is... Christ in you, the hope or the expectation of glory. Where is Jesus? Where is he? Where is he? Okay, let's go a little bit further. So sometimes like, yep, he's in our spirit. We're one spirit with them. You see that in 1 Corinthians 6, sure. But why do you keep him just in your spirit? Why do you keep him just in your spirit? Why don't, let you, why don't you let him work in your lungs? Why don't you let him work in your blood? Why do you let him work in your stomach, your intestines, your skin? Why do you just trap him to your spirit? Why don't you start saying, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world? So greater is he who is in my lungs than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in my heart than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in my internal organs than he who is in the world. Why are you going to keep him just in your spirit? Let him have full expression. Yes, let him work through your spirit. Let him work through your soul. Let him have full expression through every part of your body. Don't just keep him. No, no. Let him have full expression. For those of you watching, you may be under quarantine because of the virus is in your body, but someone else is there. There's somebody else on the inside. And he just happens to be a great physician. He just happens to be a healing savior. So start saying, well, greater is he who is in me than whatever the doctor report says. So because Jesus is in me and his power is working in me, Remember Ephesians chapter 3, according to the power that's at work in you, then why don't I just let that power work on my stomach, work on my lungs, work on this organ, work on that organ, work on this, work on that. Let him have his full expression through you. Let him vent through you, as 
John G. Lake would say. The greatest mystery that's been hid since before the world began was what God was working on the whole time to move in on the inside of you. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to stay trapped in your spirit. I know he wants to work on your soul, renew your mind, work on your will and your emotions, but I know he wants to work through your body. Come on, we're the body of Christ. God lives on the inside of us. It's time to act like it. It's time to talk like it. It's time to remind ourselves we're not in this by ourselves. The blood did such a great work that God moved in on the inside of me. That if we actually begin to grow in this revelation, we start shaking things off. You know, like the story about John G. Lake, and I've been reading some of his sermons this week. There were different plagues that were going on where he was living. And the germs would die in his hands. He said, oh, that's just because the priest said that. No, no, no. The British Empire had scientists examine it. And they watched as the germs died. And what was his main message? Christ in me. And then he would say, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So some of you dealing with allergies. Start saying the one that any of you is greater than your allergies. Start saying the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Start talking about what the blood has done for you. And watch your mentality change. Watch fear leave. You must combat the fear. Because what will happen? Think about it this way. This virus will end. Life will go on. But the fear will still be here. Just because the virus dissipates and they might come up with a vaccine or do all the different things they do medically and scientifically, we pray that they do those things. The fear is still here. So what happens? It opens the door to something else. Far more dangerous than the virus. Yes, the virus is bad. Fear is worse. So yes, you do the natural precautions to fight the virus. You use your faith to fight the virus. You do all the things in the natural and the spiritual. But you better get a handle on that fear. Fear is the enemy. And God has not given us a spirit of fear. So those who fear are not made perfect or mature in love. You must fight the fear. Wage war on fear. Not just when you get startled. Not just when you feel terrified. No, at the smallest inkling. Don't allow it. Don't allow it in your kids. Don't allow it in your grandkids. No, that's the smartest. No, we're not going to be afraid. No, because God's got us. And the blood of Jesus keeps us safe. Stop the fear in its tracks. Because if America does not stop the fear, worse things will happen. Faith in the blood of Jesus keeps us safe.
it has delivered us. It has healed us. It has preserved us. It has made us a suitable home for God himself to move on the inside. So live by faith. Live the faith lifestyle and walk in the wisdom of God. Amen. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.